All right, welcome into another episode of Negative or Positive. I'm CJ Nikowski, Ryan Spielborg's reporting on the big news that we had heard about last night. Spilly and I are talking here on a Friday morning, and that is that the Baltimore Orioles finally got off the pot and made the move and something that we've been asking them to do uh, for about a year and a half now, Spilly, and that was to get bold with this really good young group. Two years ago, they traded away at the deadline. They continued to play well. Uh, last year, they added a little bit, but not significantly in what we were looking for. And while it was a great year for the Baltimore Orioles last year, something was missing. 101 wins. They win a division, but they get swept in the first round of the postseason and losing uh, to the Texas Rangers and going home. And it just felt like they might have been missing an ace. We know how good uh, their young players are. We've talked about it a lot over the last couple of years. They finally did it a day after we get the news that this team is up for sale and that sale is completed and that there's going to be a new ownership group. Uh, there is a pretty significant trade that happens. Corbin Burns going from the Milwaukee Brewers now to the Baltimore Orioles to sit at the very top of that rotation. You know, I love when you and I are correct in, in picking places. You did it with uh, Josh Hader and uh, the Houston Astros. You're like, hey, that, that's a good spot for him. And it happened. We have been talking about Corbin Burns to Baltimore since last year. We've been saying it since since trade deadline. We're like, this is the perfect fit. Be bold, Baltimore. And they did it. You know, Mike Elias has done a really good job building that farm system up. And what the Orioles were able to attain in Corbin Burns is a, is an absolute stud. I mean, it is a disappearing cut fastball. That's what he features. Uh, I love the story of Corbin Burns, especially when you when you look at he was one of the worst pitchers in baseball when went down to the minor leagues and then figured it out. And part of the way he figured it out was I'm not sure if you read this story started with making his bed. Have you heard that story? I have not. He was he was just he was trying to get his mind right, trying to get a routine correct and uh it started with the simple of making the bed and like he started like a day-to-day process of making the bed. And then from there it turned into a better and better routine just to get him focused. So I love these type of, of stories of guys that, that, you know, might have the skill set that most people don't, but then they're just a little bit off the wall, right? Like they just, they don't have their stuff together. So I, I just think it's great for, for Corbin. Uh, we do know that if you go back, I had a feeling at some point, and you remember the whole arbitration case mm-hmm. with Corbin Burns before spring training, and he spoke to media about how his, you know, he was he was a little bit hurt and offended by it uh, because during the arbitration process, the Brewers basically said it was his fault that they weren't uh, a better team because he didn't pitch well down the stretch, and he took it personally. And you know, like those arbitration hearings, even though it it's it's you know water under the bridge, we're talking about two years ago. I think from Matt Arnold's perspective, who's the general manager of the Milwaukee Brewers, you have a really good pitcher. You're coming down to the wire with how many years of control you have left. Uh, He's making 15 million bucks. He most likely might not sign a long-term contract with you because of, you know, that animosity of arbitration guys don't forget it. And you spun Corbin Burns. You get a really, really good arm in DL hall. DL hall is, is, I think has a chance to be really good. Um, you get a really good glove in Joey Ortiz. I don't think he's going to hit. Uh, and then you get a compensation pick. So like both sides, I think got exactly what they wanted. 
I think both sides got exactly what they wanted. Corbin can go to this upstart Baltimore Orioles team that I think is just going to be awesome for him. And then the Brewers get in return a big plus side arm with a chance for a compensation pick uh, to pick somebody else and then a glove. And it, and it, and it works. Like mm. from every single perspective that you look at this deal, uh, it feels like a win-win for organization and a win for the player. So both Ortiz and D.L. Hall uh, are 25 years old. Uh, both of them have less than a year uh, of service time, meaning that you have six full seasons of control. Um, both of them. I do think Joey Ortiz would have uh, like to have a word with you about whether or not he has a chance to hit. Now, he only got 15 games last year, 34 plate appearances, and it didn't go well. He had 212. His on-base was actually lower than his batting average, right? That means there were zero walks in there and a sack fly. Not easy to do to have your... Uh, on-base percentage lower than your batting average, and we don't see it very often. But, you know, in the minor leagues last year in AAA, he did hit 321, 378 on base, 885 OPS. He did that in the International League, which is not nearly the uh, hitting-friendly league that we see in the PCL. So we put up some pretty good numbers the previous year, AA, AAA, uh, back in 22, a 26 OPS for him, hit 284 with 19 uh, homers over that time. And so he'll get the opportunity now, uh, certainly for the Milwaukee Brewers, but this is a great ad. We have been pressuring the Orioles as much as we possibly can to do something. We were talking about their payroll, getting up to you know 150 million that could put together an unbelievable team, including locking up the pieces that they have. They are currently now 30 million dollars higher than they were last year. They finished at 66. They're sitting at 96 million dollars now. Um, you think about Corbin Burns being their highest paid player, 15.6. I saw something pretty funny about Chris Davis, <laughs> Chris Davis. no longer being the highest paid player. On the Baltimore Orioles, um, which is wild, but that's just kind of the way things have gone um, with them. And so now you have a guy that's making more money uh, than he is. And then, of course, Craig Kimbrell, James McCann, guys are there probably just for this year, a combined $24 million, a little bit just above that number for them. So payroll comes up. Uh, This is really good to see. Orioles fans have got to be thrilled about it because, again, they hadn't done much of anything. And we sat back and, and just watched and, and kind of in disgust to some degree that they hadn't done anything. We thought it was going to be Dylan Cease. We kept pushing that message that you're talking about and being bold. And now they have done it. And even though they've given up some pieces, they have so many uh, minor league pieces right now still in that system uh, in Baltimore that they're in great shape. We know Jackson Holiday is the number one overall uh, prospect. Kobe Mayo, 21st, is ranked. Uh, in the top 100, Joey Ortiz now on his way out the door, but he was another guy that was a top 100. And then all the young guys that have gotten to the big leagues that are technically no longer prospects uh, anymore, but still have full careers in front of them. So good to see the Baltimore Orioles finally doing it. I, this is the thing that shocked me, though, more than anything about it, Spilly, is that when Reese Hoskins signed with the Brewers, I was like, well, I guess Corbin Burns isn't going anywhere. In my mind, it was like, you know what, we'll give this thing a shot, and then we'll deal with what we have to trade Come deadline time. Were you surprised once Reese Hoskins had signed? I know they hadn't done a lot. It was kind of some smaller pieces, uh, back end of the rotation with a guy like Joe Ross, not really anything in the bullpen. Craig Council on his way out the door. I was like, okay, well, maybe they'll just keep it as is and and worry about trading Corbin Burns later, especially after the addition of Reese Hoskins. What do you make of the Brewer side of this now pulling the trigger after it looked like they were going to be holding still with their club? I think it makes sense, CJ. I don't think it's like they're still good. I mean, like this is still a a good roster. It is a really good defensive roster. Um, They can still pitch. And adding D.L. Hall, to your point, he's less than a year of of service time. He is a big plus side left-handed 
starter. Uh, he was pitching out of the bullpen. He's, he's nasty. This guy's na- nasty. So you get that. It's not Corbin Burns' starter. I get that. I understand that completely. Um, but in the case of the Brewers, to take $15 million off the books of Corbin Burns, you still get a frontline starter at, with the chance that he could be really good. Um, knowing how how they operate, it's like Tampa Bay Rays traded Tyler Glass now. And it's not like I think the Rays are going to be awful this upcoming season. Like, I, I think they got a good return in what they what they received from uh, from the Dodgers. I mean, Ryan Pepio is a pretty good pitcher. Uh, it's not glass now, but it still allows them to stay within their model, which is, you know, when certain pitchers get to a certain age and a certain cost, let's use them, let's move them and get something returned to replenish our system. And it works. It's worked for Tampa. It's worked for Milwaukee. Um, I mean, like, think about it this way. The the Brewers were able to move on from Josh Hader and then they backfilled him with Devin Williams. And we know that the the trades that the the Brewers have made have often worked out. So although you're right, you know, trading, you know, signing Reese Hoskins should have signaled, well, they're not going to do anything. I think when a deal like this comes together for the Brewers, which is here's an upside pitcher that you're going to throw in the rotation, you're taking some of this money off the books with the player that you're probably not going to hang on to long term. It was probably going to be a distraction over the course of the year if the Brewers weren't good with Burns. Um, might as well use it now. I will point out though, I was, I like, look, I'm not a, a, I'm not a hater of, of Joey Ortiz, but I think the better player would have been for Milwaukee to target was Heston Kirstad. Uh, I know he doesn't really have a position, but he's got big time power. He's like a Kyle Schwarber type for me. And with, with Milwaukee, I would have been fine. I like, I like the position player. I think Joey's going to play, but I would have gone for, for some power here. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm sure they did, right? I'm sure they probably went right. further up the line and probably got uh, shut down and figuring out how can we make this happen, especially if Hall was the piece they wanted. If that was the one pitcher they could get. And if they believe in him potentially being a starter in their rotation and then, you know, trying to get, you know, that would have been a lot, quite honestly. I think Hall and Herstad would have been a lot. Hall and Mayo probably would have been a lot. It seems to me you get the impression that, okay, we'll do Joey Ortiz, but then we also need the draft pick. And that's a big deal if it goes well. I mean, that's, that's pick a high is a pick. Big deal. And it'd yep. be nice to see you can trade compensation picks. It actually would be nice to see draft picks in general uh, get traded. I think it'd be really fun to watch. You mentioned Ortiz probably playing. This becomes really interesting now because they made this move. Should there be one more for the Milwaukee Brewers? You have Monasterio originally kind of penciled in to play third, a player with less than a year's service time. You now have Joey Ortiz in there, less than a year's service time. Bryce Terang uh, scheduled to play second base, less than a year's service time. Would you just go ahead and trade? Willie Adamas now, so those three guys can play in the infield. I get it's three really young guys and a lot of question marks, but you're sitting in the same exact position with Willie Adamas, who is a free agent at the end of the year. I know the Dodgers are expecting right now and penciling in Gavin Lux, who still has options, missed the entire year, and I'm not saying it has to be the Dodgers, um, but low batting average, still a lot of pop in that bat for Willie Adamas. He's only going into his age 28 season. At this point for the Brewers, since they have done this, do you take it a step further and try to get something significant for Willie Adamas? Is your team going to be that much better or worse uh, if he's not on it right now based on kind of how we project the Brewers? I, You know, this one, this would be a really interesting conversation. I'd love to be, to be there for that because my baseball 
sense and yours is like William Adams is a really good player. Shortstops are hard to find. Shortstops have pop even harder to find. And beyond that, Willie Adamas is is one of those clubhouse leaders. I mean, he really is special to the clubhouse. Uh, you remove that, it, you're you're actually you're taking a big part of it out. Um, and that that that's that's a pretty big shock to a team if you were to move Burns and then Willie Adamas right before the season starts. Which, if you're going to do it, you do it now. Mm-hmm. But like those are those are really big personalities, really big personalities. So. Um, you might get stuck in that position if you're Milwaukee, where an organization that wants Willie Adamas is going to say, this is what we're willing to give. But because he has that additional element behind the scenes and with that clubhouse, you might overvalue him, right? Like mm. the Brewers might overvalue him. Like, like I'm overvaluing him right now. Um, if I was to just put it, you know, on, take a step back and, and just like, let's make the best decision that gives us the best team. Um, I think you do move Willie Adonis. I think you're right. But because I, I can't get past knowing, especially talking to people there, I mean, this guy, this guy brings the energy you need for a team for an entire season. And you know, you understand how important that is. Sure. <laughs> so, but it's bad. This is a business and this guy's got a year left. And if you're trading Corbin Burns, I get it. You still can compete. They've tried this before where they traded Josh Hader and still tried to compete and contend. But I just feel like if you've opened that door, I keep it open. Could be the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, we're talking about a really good defender here. Uh, second in outs above average among shortstops last year to go along with some pop. Yeah, you're going to get a little bit of that uh, lower batting average, lower on base from him. It's kind of who he has been. And uh, he was a three-war player, even though he had an OPS plus below 100. Uh, but when you're hitting 24 home runs and playing plus defense, I don't look at you. You're not a below average player. And then, of course, you have all those other things that you were talking about that he uh, brings to the table. So I think there are a couple of contenders out there um, brought up the Dodgers. I think the Arizona Diamondbacks probably uh, could be one of those teams uh, that tries to sneak in there a little bit. Um, it's it's one year and you're not looking to give him away. You're not looking to dump the salary. But if you get that team, uh, perhaps that is desperate enough. Um, to make it happen. I mean, what about the Tampa Bay race? I mean, we're confident that Caballeros, your everyday shortstop right now. They're not going to pay that money. What's he making next year? Willie Thomas. Yeah. He's got to be what's 30 year arbitration. He's probably in the eight to $10 million range. Yeah. 12.2 for him next year. Yeah, 12.2 for, for Willie Thomas. I'm looking at it right now. By the yeah. way. Okay. If let, let, let's talk this one through. If you were to, if you're saying, okay, would you rather have Willie Adamas, which is making twelve point two, mm-hmm. or Tim Anderson for the same deal, one year contract? Because you're still gonna have to pay the money if you're Tampa yep. or whoever. But in the case of Tim Anderson, you don't have to trade anybody. Yeah. So I'm tr- I'm probably taking Tim Anderson over Willie Adamas. So that that's like that's the problem I, I find right here is if. If you're seeing, you know, if you're going to compare Willie Adamas to another shortstop on the market for a one-year deal, I think Tim Anderson's a is a really good comparable. Um, which one would you take? And and if it's me, he doesn't have not... pop, right? He doesn't have the pop. He had one That's... homer last year, six the year before, and he's not known as a clubhouse guy. So the things that you were talking about, I, I don't, I understand what you're saying, and that thought popped in my mind as well. But I do not see them as the same player. 
I don't know what kind of value another team is going to give you for Willie Thomas with a with when you have the argument out there. I can go and get this player, same type of player, maybe not the exact same intangibles, but no. I can get this player who has won a batting title. Um, you know, looking yep. for a it's been a while. Back. Lesser defender by far, and that's the other thing with Ahmed Rosario, right? I mean, just lesser defender as far as sitting here trying to to fill pieces. So I just I I just think if I'm a team that could use an upgraded shortstop, and I see the Corbin Burns, not that I haven't asked already about Adamas, but I see the Burns deal go down. Uh, I'm curious, and then I'm curious if the Brewers would like to have all three. It's asking a lot of those young guys to be uh, their third baseman, shortstop, and second baseman. One last thing: don't forget Jackson oh. Churio is a is a rookie that's going to play there too. So you have a lot, yeah. you have a lot of young players that are going to be asked to do some stuff. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, for sure. Uh, but Churio will be of course in the outfield and expected to be in center field and less than 20 years old. Um, right now I'm just like, you know what, why not go ahead and go all the way in, make sure your bullpen's good. And let's see how this young group does. Um, I think it might, uh, make some sense, but we will see as we get a little bit closer, uh, to spring training. One thing I want to ask you about too, uh, as far as those who may have missed out, I mean, the Orioles were the team. Right. If, Curb, if Corbin Burns had gone somewhere else, we would have been mad at the Orioles. I think it's the one yep. team that sticks out. I did see someone on social media say, well, here go the Yankees again. And Brian Cashman asleep at the wheel. The Yankees don't match up. They did not have that deal. I mean, they, there's two big leaguers, whether or not Joey Ortiz is an everyday big leaguer, we'll find out. But those are two guys and a compensation pick, two guys going to the big leagues. And I'm just not sure of the teams that are out there. And listen, everybody could use Corbin Burns. There's not a team in baseball that couldn't figure out a way to get him in there. But I'm not sure um, that there were very many teams that could offer you two young big leaguers with six years of control. I don't feel like there's anybody that missed out in the sense of how could you not match what the Orioles just gave you. That's right. That's it. See, that's that's the part, CJ, where I'm so glad to have you as a radio partner and a buddy because it's that perspective that is so true. Baltimore, and the reason why we were getting frustrated with them is that they had the capital to land a starter, a frontline starter with their organization that no other team really could could do. There's not not a lot of other teams out there that can do it. Maybe, I mean, off the top of my head, big league talent that they could move because there's a surplus. Who is that? Like there, there, there really is. Maybe you could say, possibly Atlanta. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, they have, they we, have young pitching for sure. Um, but they're at the point now since they went with Chris Sale that they want to hold on to the rest of that group. Yeah, I, I, you know, look at, say, like, you know, Boston, we've talked a lot about their outfield. I don't think that the Brewers are going to be in on Yoshida, but they might have been in on a guy like Abreu, potentially. Um, but if you're looking for more infield help, um, which I think probably was a better match when you're looking for a position player and a young pitcher, I just I don't think there was a team that could really match up as well and and go ahead and run it, that risk, for one year of Corbin Burns, even though this is a former Cy Young Award winner, we know how good he is and can be. Um, they not only did they have young, controllable players, they had young, controllable players that may not have any room. It's like the Vaughn Grissom story, right? He goes to Boston for Chris Sale because, yeah, he's a young, controllable player. It looks like he'll be able to to stick bat maybe a little bit better than the glove, but there's nowhere for him to play in Atlanta, so it's a little bit easier to go ahead and make that move. There are not very many teams, and even the Orioles, I think, to some degree, it's a little bit easier for them to make that move, but there are not many in the game that have positioned themselves uh, the way that the Orioles have, that they can go ahead and trade away good young players that are ready to be in the big leagues right now. And it That's not right. hurt them. 
They're not, they're yeah. just not missing because they're so deep. And again, that's the credit to uh, Michael Elias, the Orioles organization. And finally, we will get off your back, and so will everybody else, uh, because you did it. Uh, good day news, number one, uh, the team is under new ownership. Day number two, uh, Cal Ripken, we find out, is a part owner, and they make a huge deal to bring in uh, Corbin Burns. Way to go, Cal. He probably didn't have anything to do with it, uh, but I think we'll give him all the credit. That'll do it for us here on Negative War Positive Vibes. We always appreciate you guys listening to the podcast, and make sure you check us out on Loud Outs on MLB Network Radio, Sirius XM, channel 89, 2 to 5 Eastern Time, every weekday. Have a great day, everybody.